Good day to you. We are reading in the Gospel of John. We are ready to read chapter 12. We, In our last session, we finished chapter 11. And at the end of that chapter was the plot by the leaders, the chief priests and such, to you know, have Jesus arrested and killed. They felt it was better to sacrifice him than to have their nation put at risk by the people lifting Jesus up possibly as king and messiah, that type of thing. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, remember we are reading to understand the events that are happening. We are reading, we want to understand what's being said. And this is just a basic foundational uh, type of study where we're just reading through not trying to study any one concept or idea in depth at this point. So this is uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, this was something that they got from like India. It was some special ointment. I was, like I said, I've been reading the Amplified Bible. <laughs> and, it, and if it gives me a little insight to something, I'll try to share that with you. So this nard, this, this ointment was something that they got from the east, you know, from summers maybe like India. And um, <clears throat> so it was, a, it was an expensive item. It was not something they had readily on hand. All right. So the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. So, you know, so that's another bad thing, sad thing about him. He was dipping into um, <clears throat> basically the ministry's funds, which Jesus had a ministry. And Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it. For the day of my, boy, let me reread re -read that. Verse 7, Jesus said, Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. And what he meant was she may keep the rest of it. She had used some of it on him, but she didn't use it all. Let's see, took a pound and anointed. It doesn't say she used it all, and obviously she, she kept some of it for, like he said, the day of my burial. Alright, <clears throat> so moving on, verse 9. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. So they couldn't just get rid of Jesus. They had to get rid of Lazarus, who was... I mean, he raised Lazarus from the dead, so that's a, another big deal. That's another big witness, a big account, and why 
people were believing in Jesus. So, <clears throat> the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So they remembered this after he uh, rose again. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. So you had this whole crowd of people. That was right. I'd forgotten about that. Just from in our previous chapter, you had this whole crowd of people that saw Jesus call, call Lazarus out from the tomb. So... You know, in their law, you know, let everything be proved by like two or three witnesses. That was enough that they would, they would believe whatever that statement or whatever that testimony was. Well, here they had a whole crowd of people. Okay, <clears throat> the reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So here, you know, just this was just more signs and wonders about Jesus. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And what they were concerned with was that the world, their world, their, their people, all, the, all their people were going to believe in him and follow him. They were going to leave the elders' traditions and they were not going to follow you know, the, the priests in the synagogues. They were going to follow Jesus and, you know, I think here again there was a worry that they were going to make him their king. Um, verse 20, Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servants be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I don't think this is too hard to understand, but where he says, unless a grain of wheat falls on the earth and dies, it remains alone. Well, it has to fall, wait, into the earth. It has to be put into the earth, has to be planted so that it grows and it bears much fruit. And that's much, that in a way, that's speaking of his death. And uh, <clears throat> in a way, also, you can think of it as... Um, um, being our putting the, the old man to death and you know changing and following Jesus you can think of that as well though I tend to think of this more as Jesus you know being you know being that seed that he you know anyway but also 
what he's saying there. Um, I think that does speak to us as well. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Well, we should, by comparison, relatively speaking, you know, hate our life in this world, but look forward to our life in heaven. And we should keep our life for eternal life. Whoever loves his life loses it. We, we love our life. We lose it in the service of others and helping others and doing for others. Um, in working for God and doing God's work and in his will. So, and by comparison, you hate your life because you're, you're putting others first, you're doing for others, you're being a servant. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will be my servant also. And we are in the kingdom of heaven. We're not in heaven right now. But spiritually speaking, if we are following Jesus and God, we are in the kingdom of heaven. We're just not there yet. We're still in this body, but spiritually we're there, just not in a physical or other sense. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him, and that's, of course, we know that. So now, verse 27, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And Jesus is talking about what's about to happen. And he's like, you know, of course he's, he's troubled. He's, he's made himself human, and of course he's troubled to go through that. But at the same time, he's like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just bail out at this point? And he's saying no. <clears throat> so, verse 28, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came down from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. So there was, again, there's a crowd that witnesses this. Verse 30, Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Verse 31, <clears throat> Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he's talking about when he's raised up on the cross, and that cross becomes that symbol for all of us. Um, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Well, he's referring to Satan. Basically, Adam had given Satan rulership of the world. Um, and now Jesus was taking that back and taking that away from Satan. He was casting him out. It's still our choice, we, who we follow, even as it was Adam's choice, you know. Um, but it's still our choice who we follow, but um, for all intents and purposes, it is a choice. It's not, uh, Satan has no super extra power over us just uh, to put thoughts in your head and to try to tempt you uh, such as he did Jesus but uh, he has no other real power over us and since Satan is the adversary you can think of that as a number of different things but I believe that Satan is an actual spiritual being 
Um, <clears throat> but it is the adversary, and sometimes our own. Oh, pardon me. Hold on. <coughs> I'm very sorry. I'll try to cut that out if I can. So, but if you think of Satan as the adversary, well, I do believe he's an actual spiritual being. There is also the thought of the adversary being partly our old selves, our old habits, and our old ways, and our old thoughts. So, there is some of that to this, too, in my opinion. Um, but I mainly look at this, now as the judgment of this world, now will the ruler of this world be cast out. That is, that is Satan being removed from his place where he should never have been. So, not really from his place, but from the place he should never have been. Verse 33. <clears throat> he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. I think that's pretty straightforward. Jesus is the light of the world. He's saying, you have, you have me for a little longer. Walk while you have it. Follow me. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become the sons of light. Because they were filled after Jesus left. They were filled with the, the Holy Spirit. Just as, just as we are when we're baptized, we're given the Holy Spirit that will help lead and guide us through, you know, through our study of the Word and help us remember the things that we've been taught and help us to remember the way we should be. So, let's see. Then, when Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, for again, as Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so they would not be put out of the synagogue. Again, they did not want to be, you know, excommunicated. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So that is a sad statement in and of itself. Even though they believed in him, they were not going to put themselves out there. I wonder if there weren't some that did, but, but it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that any did, which is, which is too bad. It would be much better to be on the side of right and be excommunicated <laughs> than, than to stay you know, in the group and follow the wrong. Uh, I just... I know uh, that's hard, but anyway, so moving on to verse 44, 
And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And that is the end of chapter 12. Jesus is basically telling them that he came to save the world, and if, they, if they're rejecting him, they're rejecting God. I mean, and he's not going to judge them, but the, the words that come from God, that, 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 that word that he has spoken, that's going to judge them. You know, basically, God's going to judge them based on what he has told them, and that they're rejecting him. So, because Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn it. And that's, that is a, a big part of the message. Alright, <clears throat> so that, like I said, is uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 12. Next session we will do uh, chapter 13. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.